Welcome to the special episode of the UMass Baseball Show. Joined by Giovanni and Nick from WZBC as we preview the Beanpot semifinal between Boston College and the University of Massachusetts. I'll start with you guys. Any players to watch out for tomorrow? Well, I think, you know, we're not 100% sure who's going to pitch for BC, but uh, we guess it's going to be Henry Leak, who's been our second starter this year. Obviously, pitching is not where BC has been the strongest, but Leak posts a 4.28 ERA. He's been able to keep his walks down recently. And frankly, with how good BC's lineup is, as long as he can keep us in the game and pitch for five, six innings, we're going to feel good about ourselves. Yeah, and I'll go to the the batting side. I think you look at Barry Walsh and Peter Burns, the two you know, heavy hitters of this team, but someone I think that has to have a really good game, a bounce-back game, is uh, Travis Honeyman, one of the big leaders of this team that we've seen this season. He's batting 287, but did not have a good game on Sunday, and I think he gets a big bounce-back game against UMass. Yeah, I saw uncharacteristic for me, the pair of inning-ending double plays with guys on third, so yeah. I hope he plays tomorrow. I hope they bring him out. That'd be I definitely want to see him live here. I saw him over the summer a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think I think they will. That's the hope. Hopefully it's pretty strong. I know he sat he didn't play against Tennessee. I remember the midweek. He sat a couple and then yeah. Vitrano sat last week against UConn. So mm-hmm. that's another as another player that's been struggling a little bit. We saw late in that game though. I mean, obviously, who didn't score runs in the end of that yeah. game? Yeah, I don't think Travis was though. the only one without a hit. Yeah. Like one, yeah, I don't know if he ended up getting one or not, but I remember being like this fifth or sixth inning, like, yeah, eight guys have reached for BC. Travis Honeyman has not, and they've got 20 runs. I think he got – but it was crazy because he – I don't think he ever got a hit, but he still had three RBIs. Yeah, yeah it was a bizarre was game. All right. For the UMass side, they've got the likely starters that, based off what they've done in the past, are either going to – they're going to go on two opposite ends of the experience spectrum. Grad student Tyler Dalton and – or freshman – Dylan Terwilliger, uh, not 100% who's going. Both have struggled a little bit this year. Uh, ERA's both above 14 as in limited innings, which could be an issue against a offense that's leading or close to lead, uh, nation lead in runs. But both throw pretty hard, especially Dalton, who's the grad student. Uh, decent mix of stuff, good curveball, good change. Uh, they're probably going to be a bullpen game more than anything as they got taxed, tacked, tagged for a bunch of runs against St. Louis. So a little bit yeah. makeshift game and try to pull off the upset. And then I'll go offensively too. Uh, struggle to start the season. UMass does have one guy that's got uh, pro aspirations, I'd put it. First baseman, Will McClain. He's hitting just 205, but at home this year, he already has a home run in their opener, so it should be Got to watch out for, and definitely someone that can keep UMass in this game offensively, and he's been heating up as of late. Uh, Brian, anything you want to add? Uh, honestly, it, at St. Louis, you see, you see that they're having trouble retaining the lead. They retain the lead in the second game until late, and it's kind of disappointing if you watch them. Yeah, they jumped up to a big league against St. Louis, and I believe that was a middle game of the series, something like 6-1 or something. It ended up losing close yeah. one, but couldn't hold on. What was it, 8-7 or 7-6 final? 7-6, yeah. Which, that's really been the only close game they've played in the past two weekends because they got swept against Wichita 12-2, 12-2, 14-2, yeah. and then 9-4, 7-6, 11-1 against St. Louis. But they've been good yeah. in the midweek. They played competitive against UConn, who BC's also just played. 
And then, of course, took the dub in the home opener against Albany, eight to two. Um, yeah, their home only home game so far. Yeah, definitely interesting schedule. They haven't played much. I know BC. You guys have gone down to Florida in that. It, no neutral site games for UMass, so they started about two weeks late. So they're kind of still getting in the swing of things. Uh, just trying to get legs under them, everything like that. But I think, I think been at least for, for BC, and there's probably, you know, even a mistake for UMass, I think that was really helpful for them to start the mm-hmm. season. You know, obviously, teams in the Northeast, it's a lot hard, It's a lot harder to start the season because it's so cold. It's too cold to play baseball. But going down uh, to Florida for neutral site games, uh, being able to play teams that were – we were – you know, obviously, it, we didn't think BC was going to be as great as they were as they've been this season. Yeah. But to play teams where we knew that we should probably beat them, even if we weren't going to be that good, to be able to get the confidence up and then walk into Tennessee and somehow beat them, I think, I think that's been the difference for B. It's been something really helpful. When they came home, they were hot, and they've only played up to expectations since. And to that to that point that like we were saying before, like if you were to tell me in February that this team was going to win now 17, 18 games at this point in the season, which would include a couple of big ranked ACC wins and that win against Tennessee. That would have called you crazy, but here we are. Yeah, I don't know the last time I've seen BC start a season with four straight ACC series wins and then, of Never. course, that Tennessee game. Yeah, and today, and today with the ranked yeah, ninth for the first time mm-hmm. ever, highest ranking. Yeah, back to back weeks, highest ranking in the poll. And then I saw they're tied for second in the entire ACC right now. So yeah. trying to get the I know trying to get that top four spot for the pool distribution for the ACC tourney. Uh UMass, I think, opted not to. Smaller program up here. I think they're trying to save the money a little bit, obviously. Yeah. Uh, for when you get to conference play and travel, stuff like that. But they did play some interesting games. They no way to get to the note of them. Uh their wins. They played a series against Penn, which is probably their best series or best win. They shut them out in a one nothing win. Penn should have been a tournament team last year, and they pulled that one out one nothing. Uh, just this is the first real Power Five level test for UMass, so I'm kind of just interested to see how they respond. Um, this one's more directed towards BC. I don't know if you guys are worried about this at all. So you got that new. Field, Harrington, uh, Harrington Village, and then yeah. a lot of the ACC stadiums, kind of top of the line and great atmospheres. UMass is – it's a good field, but it's small. It probably only seats, what, three, 400? So, I don't know. You got, And it's on dirt, so a little weather this weekend. I don't know. You guys worried about the atmosphere a little bit? If they'll be able to bring the energy it, after yeah, a couple of big series? Yeah, I mean, the Frady Center, I mean, it's brand new. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. facility. But you look at the softball field, and then the baseball field is right across from it. We see almost more people – in the hill and left field and in the seats surrounding the first and third base line, right? I mean, yeah. look, this team has played in some big atmospheres. You, Tennessee, Knoxville is obviously really, really tough anywhere in the SEC. Florida State and Tallahassee is a pretty big environment. We had um, Adonis Guzman on our podcast, the uh, Beacon Street Buzz, and he was saying how it's really hard to just go, get focus in some of those places, right? So, I mean, let me, but one thing we do know about this team, they play with a lot of fire and a lot of energy regardless of where they are. Well, I, I think it will be interesting because it's sort of the opposite end of that spectrum, right? Yeah. When you go to Knoxville uh, to play a team like that, when you go to uh, – when you're at Tallahassee to play Florida State, you sort of get amped up for those games. So I guess we, there's a fear of a letdown. I think there's a fear that you go yeah. in there, you think you're going to win, and you know suddenly you can't score a run and you're pitching, obviously, when it hasn't been 
uh, Chris Flynn or uh, Henry Lee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or uh, Andrew Roman, who's been a terrific out of the bullpen for us. Those two, um, Chris Flynn and Andrew and um, I just said his name Roman, to Roman. Roman. Andrew Mel- Roman, excuse me, are the only two guys on our roster with a below three, uh, below four ERA, actually. Yeah. So, you know, there's a big chance. If UMass can hit early and the pitching is just decent, honestly, they have a chance in this game. And that's why I think BC, it's, it's scary because you're wondering when's it going to end? When are we going to stop putting up 11 runs a game? Or 24, either one. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I've been a – people here know it. I've been a little bit of a BC fan since young age. You kind of – as you grow to expect the okay, when are we going to come crashing back down? Stuff's <laughs> yep. been too good for too Cross long. Something's going to happen. Yeah. No, everything. Basketball, Quincy Post rolls his ankle before the ACC tournament. Anything sure, of can course. Happen. Sure. Um, yeah, so well, – just looking through, it's, it's going to be a match of the – Two winningest teams in the tournament's history. BC having 14 titles. UMass at seven. A little bit surprising. I figured Northeastern would be up there. They're at six. Um, I know you guys played Northeastern already this year. I don't think Harvard's on the schedule. Any preference, do you think, as a fan or even as a reporter, who you want to, mm-hmm. who you want to face? In the just, from, just, from, just, from exposure, yeah. just from exposure, I'd say Northeastern. We played a really clean game against them. That was kind of in the beginning of the run that hot stretch we had. And so I think just from experience, I'm going to go with Northeastern right off the bat. I, I would, I think I'd say the opposite, honestly, Northeastern played us really well. They beat us. So oh. they obviously okay. know how to yeah. know they beat us. I actually didn't know. Uh, I'm supposed to, uh, I'm supposed to be this, you, you know, big... you don't go, you don't go on Twitter. <laughs> no. Northeastern fans are irate. Cause they didn't get, they didn't get ranked today. I don't know how they didn't get ranked. Honestly, they're a really good ball club They're, and they've won a lot of good games. games. I was thinking, I was thinking of the uh, the Florida State game that was right yeah. before it. So yeah, there's 17 <laughs> in the RBI. Uh, Northeastern definitely had that claim to be ranked with their 22 and four record. Uh, Mike Sirota from that was going to be a top five pick in a couple of years, but yeah. yeah, they're probably the favorite to come out of the other semifinal. Uh, Brian, so I don't want to face him if we don't have to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my answer. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if you wanted the revenge game against them or you wanted to play Harvard, who good ball club, probably not Northeastern. I mean, standard. I think I think it'd be a good test for BC to see if they could beat yeah. them. Now that you know, mm-hmm. obviously that ninth ranking comes as an expectation to beat teams that are really good. Obviously, right? So exactly. Northeastern coming for a ranking soon, but. I mean, I, anyone, yeah. I mean, I think we just want the title. I think BC yeah, just needs <laughs> needs something just like that. Hardware. Yeah, just something. We just need to hold something and put something in a trophy case this yep. year. Yeah, no, I definitely see. I can definitely see that. I know they looking keep that trophy. Actually, BC beat UMass mm-hmm. in the final last year. UMass had held it for a couple of years because of the COVID shutdown of the tournament. So they held it from 2019 until last spring, and then BC beat them in the final. So a little revenge possible for UMass in this one. Uh, Brian, any same question, any preference on who you see in that second round, regardless of level, Northeastern or Harvard? So no matter what in that matchup, UMass is going to probably be the underdogs. So there's no preference on that. And if I would say, I would honestly, since Northeastern and BC has played tightly together, I'm kind of afraid of playing Northeastern next round, so I would go with Harvard as well. Yeah, I'd probably lean the same way. The uh, little selfish answers kind of depends on where the games are. If they're here, I kind of want to see Northeastern here just to see Sirota and some of their stars 
if it's yeah. on the road. But I think the matchups that probably the most interesting would be another BC Northeastern. And I think UMass Harvard would be a great game. Uh, they Two schools that they've had rivalries kind of popping up across, mostly basketball as a play. It'd be great to see that going in baseball. They're two similar yeah. teams. Um, yeah, so I know uh, kind of we talked about how we might feel let down for BC and how – but on the flip side, I'll just add this. UMass, they kind of play with a chip on their shoulder in any sport when they play. Boston College, they take it at – it's the game you want to win. It's kind of your showcase game too because if you look down the schedule, they're largely in conference or against places like Hartford and Siena out of conference. So if you know if you can pull off the upset, okay, you're going to be talked about across Division One baseball, especially when a team comes in with that number nine ranking. So it's something you got to worry about if you're BC and UMass try to find some motivation in it because nobody's picking – Nobody's expecting anything out of UMass, but yeah, if they keep it close, I could see it, see something developing, especially both teams struggling pitching wise. I think, especially for a BC team that has rarely this year not been the underdog, I think it's it'll be interesting to see them really play with a target on their back. You know, uh, last series for uh, Georgia Tech, obviously they were the favorite team, but mm-hmm. you know. It's still Georgia Tech's a really good ball club. They're just they're not too far behind them in the ACC rankings. Um, I also so it, it'll be interesting. Yes, yeah, I also feel like a little bit. It's you play those teams at Georgia Tech, even if you're ahead of them in the rankings. I think a lot of the ACC teams still have that mindset of rolling in at oh it's BC until they you know look more into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is probably the first one since like early non-conference where you guys are heavy favorites. I'd say because yeah yeah. But your favorite is Georgia Tech, but it's a close one. Yeah, like Nick was saying, dangerous. that could be dangerous too. Like UMass can land, you you said no expectations. It's they're gonna play with like not they have nothing to lose, and that's really really dangerous for BC. As you said, at the target on their back and has to live up to that number nine ranking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, BC having number twelve Louisville coming up this weekend. So also that's the side effect of they're probably not gonna want to burn anyone going into that. UMass, sure. I mean, they probably they just want to. They're going to take every chance at a trophy they can get, and if you even if it's a bean pot, okay, win two games. We got some hardware we can hang, yeah, and yeah. we get that if you can pull off that upset. Yeah, but they'll look to defend that home. Any predictions, either score or otherwise, just who you think is going to play well tomorrow? Just before we wrap up, I think, uh, I think obviously, I think BC is going to win. Um, I think it's going to be a high scoring game, regardless. It it depends, you know. If if I think BC is going to minimally put up six or seven runs, if if UMass can match that, then I think it's going to be a close game. But if UMass's bats falter, then it could be a a long day for them. Yeah, I'm going to express a similar sentiment. I think BC is going to win, but I think this game is going to fall down Henry Leak, and we've seen him pitch really well. I think that Sunday game of the um, NC State series, he was absolutely lights out, six or seven innings, I think. And if he can pitch well tomorrow, I think we're going to see BC win. But I also see a scenario where he doesn't pitch well and maybe allows some runs and gets close down the stretch. Yeah, the when you said uh, they're going to get six or seven runs, I think UMass would be thrilled if that's all they get. UMass, the team, they're kind of like that split. They'll either pitch really well or they'll come in and you'll be like, oh, okay, we give up. I think it was 25 to Holy Cross last year. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you, they're they are liable at times to turn into what Georgia Tech was on Sunday against BC, 
or they'll shut down Penn like they did early in the season, who's the best offense they faced. Yeah. But if they can keep it low, I think a close game might favor UMass, where you know both teams struggle out of the pen a little bit. And if you keep BC's bats neutralized early, let them start getting nervous, it could be an issue. I do think BC is going to win this one. I'm, I think it's going to be closer than people think. And I just think just the talent level, you got probably, I don't know, half a dozen draft picks on that BC roster, including Honeyman, if he plays as a first-rounder. UMass is a very young team or a transfer-heavy team of guys from lower levels, similar to BC. So I just think – I don't know. I just don't think they have the talent to match up. I think they're a team that will play hard and keep it competitive for a while. Should be a good game. I I think that exactly. I think this might be a St. Louis situation for UMass where they go up by five runs and then just hand over the game. Yeah, I, that, I that's all that. that I can say. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, one one more note. If we do see a close game and someone that BC is going to want to have up very much so is uh, Vince Shimini, who's had a pair of walk-offs in a 8-7 wins, one of those in the 10th against North Carolina State. I think we're going to see BC want Vince Shimini up at some point if it's a close game. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. He played. He's played great yeah, lately. Um, do you – Think that if this gets close, BC is going to dip into their, some of their higher end bullpen arms, or do you think they're going to stick to whatever their plan is coming in? I think it depends. It depends where they want to throw uh, Flynn against Lou against Louisville, right? So if you throw him, if you throw him Friday, then maybe you think yeah. about it. Maybe you think about it because then you because then you'll have him go deep in the game, hopefully, and you won't have to use your bullpen, so your bullpen oh, okay. can rest. Got it. If you if you're saying Got no, it. we're gonna throw him Sunday, or we're gonna throw maybe even Saturday, Saturday. you might think about not throwing uh, okay. Roman. You yeah. might think of not throwing your uh, higher I don't, I don't know. guys because you're gonna need him. We've I guess, seen right? Coach Cambino take some big risks this season, so I mean, and they paid off so far. But hey, he, he's someone that went from people calling for his job to people calling him about one of the best oh. coaches in the country. Oh, he's year. gonna win Coach of the Year. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, almost definitely. Yeah. Uh, almost one, definitely. One note for you guys: I did see. Thursday, Friday, Saturday series because of Easter Sunday for right, BC. Yeah. So oh, that might Thursday. also so yeah, that, that might also so, that so yeah. So if they throw if they throw if they throw Flynn Thursday or Friday, I think they might think about if they throw him Thursday, they're definitely going to use the bullpen. Yeah, and I think if we they do throw him Friday or Saturday, we're going to see very. I'd be very surprised to see Andrew Roman. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And mm-hmm. and and that makes it and because I mean, now thinking about it because of Easter Sunday, there's even a chance that you don't go leak, you know? I think they will. Yeah. I think they will just because it lines up with his his like schedule, but mm-hmm. I mean, you there's a chance that they say, you know, might again, UMass might win cuz BC might just punt just to just to be ready for Louisville. Yeah. So yeah, it'll I, be interesting to see how they manage it. I would not blame BC at all in that spot of saying, okay, we've got a top 15 nationally ranked matchup in conference coming up. Let's not use any actual pitch, like any of our top pitchers. Let's kind of save them. And I think BC might also have them back their head. Okay. We probably can still pull one out if we do that, which might also just lead to a good game either way. Yeah. 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 High scoring. Definitely going to be high scoring. Yeah. The backup, not the backups, but like the, we have a bullpen. If we have a bullpen game, absolutely, absolutely. going to be a high score. Absolutely. Oh yeah. That's going like to be fire. BC has a bullpen, and UMass does it. 
Uh, that's that's yes. a stretch to say we have a bullpen. Yeah, we have guys who come out of the bullpen. We, we have, Versus have UMass, bullpen. you guys have do have a bullpen. bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I meant that's in a, a sense versus UMass's bullpen. I think BC has a better bullpen, <laughs> which yeah. is a long shot. UMass does have a couple guys back there. Just before we wrap up, I'll highlight they had Jack Pulaski was on the national stopper of the year watch list, which is the closer of the year award in the NCAA. He struggled a little bit, but if he's, I do think they'd actually use him to close out a game if it gets to that. So they have some guys in that spot, not a ton, but it's just two teams that give up a lot of runs out of the pen. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it will. Uh, before we wrap up, anything else that either you guys or Brian want to bring up? Uh, I mean, we're we're good. We're I mean, good. I uh, you looking know, for, looking for a great game, and uh, thank you guys for having us on. It's yeah. great. Really and if you're and if you're a Boston College alum listening to this for some reason, okay. come. Oh, they no. I'll be yeah. I'll be promoting this heavy on Twitter. I'm in the uh, BC basketball circle, so yes. uh, there'll probably be some. Oh, uh, we love this. Uh, so we were W's uh, WZBC. And then uh, the Beacon Street Buzz is our podcast. So that's where you can get more of this kind of content from us. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to be active on on Twitter, but the sickos are crazy. <laughs> oh, they are nuts. They're truly <laughs> they they really sick. They are. I believe one of them has the watch party tonight with just 150 random burner accounts on Twitter. That's so classic. He puts something out like, oh, hopefully I didn't make a mistake. Here's my address in the mods. It's crazy. <laughs> I think I've met I met the sicko guy or not met I I've, I've seen him. Well, the sickos always they always come early. Yeah. They always sit right courtside. And there's one guy who just wears a Jalen Hurts jersey every, every single. Oh, time. I, I do he's know who you're talking. I'm blanking on his name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, no, I. But he's I super. That. He's super he's active. Super great. He's awesome. He's fun. This guy in a Trevor Lawrence jersey sometimes just red. Oh. It's an interesting crowd there for sure. Yeah. The event staff hates him. They all oh, like no, the no, yeah, people. No, they, they hate don't. him so much. But the, the 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 team loves them. The team loves the energy. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you for listening. Uh, this has been a joint podcast between WMUA and WZBC, previewing tomorrow's bean pot matchup between UMass and Boston College. First pitch is three o'clock at Earl Lord and Field in Amherst, Massachusetts. So if you're out in Central Western Massachusetts, great stop by, see some great baseball for free. If not, it's on ESPN Plus. Uh, should be an exciting game we've talk, talked about. Give me high score, most likely, and just great baseball around. Thank you for listening. And uh, normal baseball show will be still on the air tomorrow at 1.30 for UMass. And then, as always, every Tuesday at that time slot as well. Thank you.